Okay, I think we're back. And uh, today it's a little quieter out here. All the folks from the university, a lot of the Japanese are on summer vacation today. So uh, they're traveling at their home countries or various parts of Japan. My wife and I may be off to Hokkaido uh, next week, and I may go up uh, to Tohoku to help with the cleanup a little bit. Um, we'll see. But uh, I think uh, we will have Zazen next week. But for today's talk, uh, what's it about? That's right. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Right now I'd like to recite the uh, verse for opening uh, sutras. We recite this uh, three times. Tagata's true meaning, the Dharma, incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we see, hear, receive, and maintain this. May we all realize the Tathagata's true meaning. The Dharma, incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we see, hear, receive, and maintain this. May we all realize the Tathagata's true meaning. Well, you may ask uh, what today's uh, talk is about. What is it about? And I would say, that's right. Hmm? What it's about? Right. And who's giving the talk? Mm -hmm. Just so. W when does it start? Yes. What? That's right. For those of you... Uh, old enough to remember there was a, a comedy team called Abbott and Costello and they had this routine who's on first what's on second because the baseball player was named who and the other one was named what you know who's on first that's right what yes he's on second you know that that old routine well that's like our talk today which is going to be really hard for me because it's about grammar and that was my worst subject back in junior high school I gotta tell you I never did quite figure out what is the difference between a transitive and an intransitive verb and a predicate and a subject. That, that, well, predicate and subject I think I got, but after that I got kind of lost. Which, you know, I've been studying languages a lot in my life, picked up two or three along the way, and somehow I still can't tell a Garand from a, well, you know, all that other stuff. So today's talk is really hard because it's about some of the funky grammar 
of Zen Buddhism, especially the interrogatives, which are actually declaratives and affirmatives. What's an interrogative, you may say? Yes! What is it? Yes! What? Yes! What is an interrogative? A question word, as uh, so they may explain it on Sesame Street. How? What is it? Who? What? Why? Where? And how? If you're in the newspaper business. Why? Yes! I don't know. But that is what, what we're talking about today. Question words. You see, Zen answers a lot of big questions about life, about you and me. Like, who am I? Yes! What is this? That's right! I hope this becomes clearer in a second. No guarantees. This is uh, a wonderful edition of the, the Book of Equanimity, sometimes called the Book of Serenity, uh, which is a uh, classic collection of koans that uh, is uh, probably the most cherished in the Soto uh, tradition. And I think uh, as our next book, uh, we are going to actually uh, use this uh, maybe later this year for our uh, reading group because it's a lovely collection of 100 koans that are cherished in the Soto tradition and we can go through them in the Soto way of approaching, passing through koans. And of the 100 koans, today's is number 100. Roya's Mountains and Rivers. And it's how a question becomes a declaration. Here's the case. A monk asked Master Kaku Osho of Roya, if the original state is clean and pure and perfect, then why suddenly do rivers and mountains and the great earth arise? Question. If there's something that is beyond this and beyond that and already clean and pure and perfect in need of nothing, then why do things bother to arise? Mountains and rivers, the great earth, you and me. If it's already perfect, if it already is in need of nothing, why? Question. To which Master Kaku replied, and it helps to read this because he turns the question into a declaration. If the original state is clearing and pure and perfect, with not one thing to add, one thing to take away, nothing in need of changing, it's just perfect, then yes, why? Yes! Suddenly, mountains arise, and rivers arise, and you arise, and I arise, exclamation point, 
declaration, affirmation. Huh? You may ask. You know, there's a famous statement in uh, English. Uh, there are a bunch of them. Like, uh, so what's what? I'll tell you what's what. That's what. Um, there are many questions that become beautiful statements. The Who is a band, a rock band, you know. You don't have to be that old to know who the Who are, I think. But, uh, maybe even before most of your time. But the Who is a statement. Who's the Who? That's Who. And all that beautiful music that came pouring out, like it, the music that comes pouring out of life. Rich, sad songs, happy songs. That's who. There was that uh, beer commercial a few years ago. For you, even it might be before some of your time too. Folks are getting younger every day. You remember the guys ring the bell though? What's up? What's up? It wasn't a question. It was a declaration, a celebration. Grab a beer. In moderation, we're Buddhists. What's up? That's what's up. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? It's not a question. It's a dance. It's a, it's a statement. It's an affirmation. It's this great, wonderful, mysterious, can't put a name on it, don't need to put a name on it, this wonderful question mark that we are. What is the name? What is the name of this dance we're all dancing? The Watusi. Boy, you really got to be old to remember what the Watusi is. That was even before, a little before my time. But the what? What? Man, what is it? It's the great what. Master um, in the Korean tradition, Song San and some other masters will give you a, a little koan to chew on. Uh, who are you? Or what is it? So you'll sit there with the koan. Who am I? Who am I? And when that question turns into a affirmation, a declaration, a dance, who am I? Who, who? The wise old owl sits in the tree and goes, who, who? And it's not a question. That's why he's a wise old owl. He's going, who? And that bird call reverberates through the heavens. Who? Who are you? What is this? Not a question, a statement. This is what? Turn it upside down. This is who? Who is it? Who am I? I am who? What is it? It is what? Where is it? You may ask where the Buddha is. Is the Buddha here? Where is the Buddha? Is the Buddha there? So where's the Buddha? Yes! What? Where's the Buddha? Yes! Where's the Buddha? Is he over there? Is he over here? Is he neither? Where? The Buddha is where? Turn it upside down. And it becomes right side up. So, um... Shishin Wick, the author of this uh, book, explains a little bit about this koan. Um, in this case, reading Shishin Wick's book, 
In this case, the monk asked, if the original state is clear and pure and perfect with not one thing to add or take away. Sounds a little bit like what we do in Shikantaza, by the way, isn't it? We just sit there and sit that this sitting is clean and pure and perfect with not one thing to add and take away. And yet, life comes and goes, right? Before our eyes. We don't shut it out. Our sitting is this koan. If the original state is clean and pure and perfect with not one thing to add, not one thing to, add, to take away, then why suddenly do rivers and mountains and the great earth and you and me arise? If the mind is pure in its original state, why does it suddenly bother to produce mountains? I'm paraphrasing him a little bit. Rivers, earth, and all the phenomena which continually arise, change, decay, and then begin again. In response, Master Roya just repeated the question, but this time made it into a statement. If the original state is clean and pure and perfect, then yes, that's how it suddenly produces rivers, mountains, and earth. That's how. In Zen, we call this mounting the bandit's horse to pursue the bandit. In the mouth of the monk, these words are a question, but in the mouth of the master, they are a lion's roar. The original state is pure. That's where the mountains come from. The original state is clean. That's where the rivers come from. The, 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 the original state is with not one thing to add and not one thing to take away. And that's why you and I and birth and death and life and everything is constantly added and going away. That's what doesn't have to be added or taken away. That's what. That's what. That's what's what. Do you understand? Do you understand? What? Do you understand? What? Do you understand? Who understands what? Look, um, this is a game that we can play many times in life. It's a wonderful game because language so much makes how we perceive the world. You remember there was a, that old Buddha, uh, Beatles song, what was it? There's nothing that you can do that can't be done. There's no song that you can sing that can't be sung. Remember? Well. That's all true. It's easy if you know how to play the game. That may be before some folks' time, too. But there are word games here that we can play that give us answers. For example, we sit in Zazen and we drop all thought of peace and conflict and disturbance. And when we're sitting, we drop all thought human judgment of I like peace. I do not like things that disturb us. You would think we find a great just dullness or neutrality. No, we find a great affirmation, a great declaration, a great peace of everything being in one piece. Let me sit, okay? So, if I ask the question, in a world of great peace, the Buddha's world of great peace, how can there be this messy worlds that sometimes are filled with ugly war 
sometimes peace, but sometimes ugly war. If there's peace in the Buddha's way, how can there be war? Where is this war coming from? Yes, because there is this great peace of one peace, there is sometimes peace and sometimes war. That's what. That's where it comes from. The great peace of one whole peace that sometimes peace with a small p, sometimes war and suffering and disturbance. That's what. That's what's what. So the Buddha's name is the Thus Come One. That's a word that Tathagata that we chant. And what we chanted to begin today, the verse to opening the sutra, contains that word. And it also contains kind of some questions in it. The Dharma that's incomparably profound and infinitely subtle, that's that great, beautiful what, is always encountered but rarely perceived. Now we hear, receive, and maintain this. What do we receive? Yes! What we receive, hear, and maintain, the Tathagata's teachings, what are they? Yes! Master Dogen, uh, who was uh, a true, I don't want to say master of word games because it makes him seem light, a master of taking these word games and, and spicing them up, would uh, take something like this and, 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 and turn it into something amazing, an amazing maze. Let me give you an example here. This is from Heejin Kim's book, uh, A. Hey Dogen, Mystical Realist. And sometimes to get through A. Hey Kim's, A. 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 Excuse me, Heejin Kim's book, you need to, you need a, it's a tangle of beautiful words, but this is about Master Dogen's use of question words as affirmations and statements. Dogen, like other Zen Buddhists, was fond of using such interrogative pronouns such as what and how and where to denote the ultimate truth of thusness and emptiness. What? That's what. How? Yes, how. Where? Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing again. For example, from this story, teacher uh, Tatian Weinang, the sixth ancestor, uh, once asked Nanhui uh, Tahui, what is this that thus comes? You know, the Buddha is thusness, that unnameable. What is it? And Dogen said, this saying containing thus is not actually an interrogative since it just transcends human understanding. we should thoroughly investigate the fact because this is what. All things are always what. 
And each and everything is this what. Your what. I what. That's what's what. This what is not an interrogative. It is the very coming of thusness. Reminds me of uh, the name that God gave one time. What are you, God? I am what I am. Maybe the statement um, from the Buddhist truth is only a little different in this way. I am what I am seems like something fixed, but this is live, constantly moving. It's what comes. So maybe God would have said, in, um, if uh, if he was the Tathagata, talking as the Tathagata, that which comes, I am coming as, wait, wait, wait a second. I come as that which comes. That which is coming is coming. Another story from Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat. Kind of uh, Alice goes to the Cheshire Cat. I, I'm going to get this story wrong too, but I'm working from memory. And she says to the Cheshire Cat, uh, Cheshire Cat, which road should I take? And uh, Cheshire Cat says, well, where are you going? And she says, not, don't particularly have anywhere to go. And he says, that's the road. It'll get you there. Which road? The road will get you where you're going. Wherever you, whichever road you take, that's where you're going. That's where. Where am I going? You're going where the road goes. Which road? The road you're taking. Which? That one. Where? That's the place. How do I get there? Take the road. Will the road get me there? Road will get you there. From here. Which is where? So, uh, Hee Jin Kim continues to explain Dogen. In answering, in asking the question, what is this that thus comes? What is this that thus comes? What is the Buddha nature? What is the Buddha, what is all of this? What is this that thus comes? We already know what the answer is to what. What is that which thus comes? What is it that thus comes? That which thus comes is what is that which thus comes. I feel very Jewish. I don't know if you know Jewish accent, but... There's a way of saying something if you have a question in Jewish that answers the question. Oh, why is this happening? 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 Why? That's why. And if it wasn't happening, we'd all be dead. So be very happy it's happening. That's why. Because if it wasn't happening, nothing would be happening, and we'd be, we wouldn't be alive. So be very grateful that life is happening. That's why. 
That's how my grandfather might answer questions if you'd ask him. Is there a God? Don't ask me, ask God. You know, that kind of question. Okay. So, <clears throat> so what is, what is thus coming? In this respect, to question is to know because what is thusness? To put it differently, what is the eternal koan realized in life? Everything is the great koan. Everything is why. Everything is what. Everything is where. Everything is how. What is life? That's right. Life is what? What's not life? Where is life? Good, good question. Let me answer it for you. Where is life not? What happens after you die? What happens after you die is what happens after you die. And where is it? That's a tough one. Where is it not? Okay. So it's the Genjo Koan. This what, this great question that is an answer, is the koan realized in life. This theme was expanded and elabor elaborated upon in Dogen's discourse on Buddha nature when he took up the conversation between Taiyi Taoxin, the fourth ancestor of Chinese Zen Buddhism, and Taoman Hongjin, the fifth ancestor, which ran as follows. On the way to, I love this story. On the way to Mount Huangmei, Hongjin meant Taoxin, and the latter asked, What is your name? Now, to explain this story, you've got to know that what in, Ch in Chinese is ho. It's a little bit like we have uh, people in English named Watt, like James Watt, you know, or, uh, you know, W-A-T-T. -T. But you can have the name in Chinese that means what, right? So this guy's name was Ho, which means what? So the latter asked, hey, what is your name? And Hung Jen replied, although I have a name, it is not an ordinary name. What is it? And the teacher, uh, the other fellow replied, what is it? It is Buddha's nature. That's what? Now, what is it? It's Buddha nature. That's what? What is Buddha nature? That's what? So, Master Dogen starts playing around with this. When we examine the story of the two ancestors, there is profound meaning in the fourth answers to this question. What is your name, Mr. Watt? What is your name? In ancient times, there were persons from the country of Ho, which means Watt, as well as persons with the surname of Ho. So there was a country called Watt, like Wattland, and there were people named Watt, like Mr. Watson, Mr. Watt. So the real purport of this interrogative statement is an affirmative statement and thus you say to say your name is what is thus like saying I am what I am thusness I am Buddha nature that's what and you are what you are Buddha nature that's what you are thusness so what's what you and I are what you are what I am what hello it's all Buddha nature that's what Now, what's the practical purpose of all this? Well, let's bring this a little bit down to day-to-day -day use. 
suppose stuff happens in your life now, and you ask why. Turn the question into an affirmation. Why did my wife leave me? In this life, why on earth did my wife leave me? Why on earth my wife left me? Statement, affirmation, let's dance. Why in heaven did she get sick? Why in heaven people get sick? Why in hell did she get sick? Why in hell? Why on earth? Why in heaven did she get sick? Why? People get sick. It's up to you whether you make it on earth, in heaven, or hell. The expression stays the same. You want to make it why on heaven? Why in hell? Why on earth? Why? People get sick. Life. Buddha nature. Why? People get sick. Why does it rain? I'm not going to give you a scientist answer. Why does it rain? Why it rains? Why is the sun shining? Why the sun shines? Such is life. This why, this what, is pointing to something beyond words, beyond name, beyond definition. But it is everything. Where is it? Is it here? Can't limit it to that. Is it there? Can't limit it to that. Where is it? Yes! What is life? Yes! And that is what's what. Shall we sit with that, or better, shall we sit with what? We'll sit for a few minutes.
किन्हें
Sazen. Go off the air for a moment. 